You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast, part of the Fantrax family. My name is Mung, and you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Hey, addicts, it's Los at FFA underscore Los, of course, ready for another exciting week uh, talking about football here, uh, heading into week 11, heading out of week 10, another crazy week, injuries abound, injuries amass, and uh, some players changing teams, and boy, you doing all right, Mung? Yeah, what a strange, strange couple of weeks we've had. I feel like we've been saying this the last few weeks, but it it just has, right? Because, I mean, some of these upsets you could see coming and some of them just come out of nowhere. And especially in fantasy, I mean, look at the top five running backs for this past week. You've got Daryl Williams, Ramondre Stevenson, and A.J. Dillon. You've got got Dernus Johnson and Mark Ingram rounding out the top ten. Um, looking at the wide receivers, I mean, it's pretty crazy too. Kendrick Bourne in the top five, Brian Edwards and Hunter Renfro both in the top 10. It's just, it's pretty nuts. You can't win the game on paper. You got to let them play it out and, uh, and see what happens, see what the actual scores are. And that's part of the fun of fantasy. I guess it's frustrating when you have, you know, you think you've got that optimal lineup and, Oh, I'm, I'm projected to score 140 points. I'll beat him by, uh, I'll beat the other person by 20 by or 30. And you go ahead and you lose by 50. That's uh, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Right. I've seen some screenshots of some super sexy dynasty rosters, uh, the last couple of weeks, and I, I know we mostly talk redraft on this show, but, you know, guys like Barkley, Chubb, Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley that, you know, in August you would have said, oh, this team's going to the title game. Certainly. And uh, and where are they now? <laughs> yeah. And speaking of, uh, we have our rivalry week in our league, and uh, currently I'm <sighs> down about five points to you on Monday Night Football, so we will we will see what happens there. We'll give an update towards the end of the show on that as well. Oh, I'm sure there will be an update within five minutes saying that you've claimed victory. Don't worry about that. I don't uh, I don't count my chickens till they uh, till they hatch. I don't count my touchdowns until they pop in the end zone. So well, between Cooper Cup and Henderson, you'll probably score two more, especially with how down the Niner uh, the Rams are right now. I, I expect uh, some sparks sparks to fly for you. Hopefully, but uh, you know it just <laughs> just rounding out another crazy week, right? The Rams down yep. seven to twenty one at halftime right now as we record. Just uh, not not the scores you're expecting after they added Odell Beckham Jr. and Von Miller, but you know it's it, that's how that's how football goes, and that's what keeps it exciting, I guess. Um, before we get to the Week 11 game previews, of course, we want to talk to you guys about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive offers DFS style contests on player props. You pick 10 out of 20 player props for the week and with each one getting assigned a fantasy point value for the over and under, based on how likely the outcome is. The more that you get right, the bigger the payout, and Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 in weekly prizes, including their Sunday contest, where first place wins twenty grand. Sign up now with our promo code FFA, and you'll receive an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100 for your first deposit, minimum $10. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. 
or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E fantasy.com. And that'll take us into uh, week 11's previews. Thursday night football gives us a matchup, New England at Atlanta. Of course, uh, a rematch of that uh, Super Bowl where Tom Brady came back from, uh, was it 33 to three or something? Yeah, uh, 28 to three. 28 to three and it was close. Yeah, <laughs> certainly shouldn't have to uh, overcome those sort of measures here for Belichick's team. Uh, New England had a 45 offensive point explosion, uh, mostly behind the 20 carries for Ramondre Stevenson. If Damian Harris remains out, I think Stevenson is a strong running back too here in Atlanta. We know Belichick plays games with us all the time at running back, but um, I think that's going to be the case if, if Harris can't show up. If he does, uh, I'd play Harris here. The rest of the offense remains very untrustworthy. Hunter Henry had two more touchdowns on just four targets on the day. He's very touchdown reliant, but he seems to be the plan in the red zone, must, much like uh, Tyler Conklin right now. Uh, I think he can roll him out there. Yeah, especially we don't know the status of Jonu Smith and his shoulder. Of course, uh, it's a short week for both of them playing on Thursday night, but you know, as of today, it was just a walkthrough, but supposedly the Patriots said that uh, Damian Harris would not have practiced. So definitely something to monitor. And even if Harris is active, I think you could throw Ramondre Stevenson in as a touchdown dependent flex because I, I do expect the Patriots to lead in this game. I expect them to continue their approach where they just pound the rock and it seems to be working for them. Agree, agree with you there. As for Atlanta, they get the short week to prep for New England after getting demolished in Dallas. I don't expect much better to come here. This game got out of hand in a hurry in a big way. Um, of course, the team had to get away of, uh, from Cordero Patterson with his high ankle sprain. Uh, Pitts had a solid day. I don't think I'm chasing Gallman here versus New England. Um, I, I think it's really just Pitts as the main option here, unless you're desperate. Yeah, and even then, I still have him in that tight end two range because, right. as I said a couple weeks ago, I do expect teams to continue focusing their defensive efforts on stopping him, and there's just really no one else on Atlanta that can really threaten them. Um, and real quick, uh, before we go to the game picks, I, I do want to say congrats to Jacoby Myers for finally scoring his yeah. first NFL touchdown. I know we've been waiting quite a few weeks for that. And, uh, you know, this this is reminiscent of how Bill Belichick eased in another young quarterback a couple decades ago now with a <laughs> good ground game and a good defense, right? You're talking about Tom Brady, aren't you? Oh, what, what gave that away? <laughs> well, yes, congratulations to Jacoby Myers. All he needed was Brian Horry to make it happen. Yeah, and uh, I will say I, I do think that Gallman maybe has some PPR flex viability uh, yeah. If Cordero Patterson misses this game with that ankle injury. So uh, that's something else to monitor on the medical side for the other team. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Patriots here. Shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, I'll take New England as well. And ideally, I'd, I'd like Atlanta to surprisingly be up at halftime and then uh, see what happens from there. Maybe another Jacoby Myers touchdown or something, <laughs> huh? That'll take us into the noon central 1 p.m. Eastern slate of games on Sunday, starting off with Indianapolis at Buffalo. Indy got uh, got through a very close shave versus Jacksonville here and uh, have a very tough defensive matchup in Buffalo. Uh, Taylor and Pittman are solid plays, but I'd avoid just about everybody else, including Carson Wentz this week. Yeah, if you're desperate, I think you could throw Naeem Hines out there as an RB3 um, just because I expect the Bills to potentially lead in this game and maybe Hines to get a little bit more work 
uh, as a receiver out of the backfield. We saw a ton of Taylor. He's taken over that workhorse role. Um, but so far, the, the Colts haven't really been in, you know, big holes the last few weeks. So we'll see if Taylor continues to get the majority of the pass catching role when they're down. Now, Buffalo got back on track here in a big way. Great days for uh, for Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs. Much of Sanders and Beasley's value was soaked up by the big Gabe Davis day. Three, three catches only, about 105 yards. Um, certainly taking opportunities away from those guys when you when you move down the field in that way, in those chunks. Uh, this can happen in this offense, but I think it's going to be on the rarer side. Uh, the other factor is, of course, the return of Dawson Knox, who only saw one target, but should see more in the coming weeks. The Indianapolis defense is generally tough, so I might avoid the other wide receivers other than Diggs in this matchup. Uh, Matt Breida saw plenty of run this game, which makes the running blitz back splits very ugly. Uh, this game was well in hand by the second quarter, but it did look like Burita got some run early. Hey, what do you think? Is this a, is this an ugly, ugly three man committee, or is it just an ugly two man committee with Burita getting a lot of mop up work? No, it it feels like they want to involve Burita as part of the changing identity of this offense. And I mean, hey, you can't argue with the results, right? I mean, nope, I understand nope. that it was the Jets, but it looks like they're they're getting the running game going a little bit more, and the the play action is really helping Josh Allen. So. Um, it does, like you said, it, it makes it a lot more unpredictable to see the target shares dwindle a little bit for Sanders, Beasley. And I think Knox is mostly just, you know, his first week back healthy. I yeah. still expect him to be more involved uh, this coming game. So I would still start him as a tight end one. Uh, but obviously it depends on your options. If you picked up somebody else like a Conklin um, during, you know, his absence the last few weeks. Yep. I'm going to take Buffalo here at home. Yeah, uh, it's hard to bet against Buffalo given the improvement that they showed, but I, I would stay away for any survivor pools this game. Agree with, agree with you there. Baltimore at Chicago, a surprising loss for Baltimore, but the lack of first-half production will catch up to you sometimes. Uh, these guys got to get it done earlier in the game. Same story here with Baltimore, though. If Latavius Murray's back, he's the best running back play. If not, Devontae Freeman does have the backfield lead as for now. Uh, Andrews and Brown continue to produce solidly enough and Bateman's in flex consideration in Chicago. Yeah, just um, <laughs> that was another strange, strange game where yeah. it, it, honestly, when I was watching that game Thursday night, uh, I, I was thinking about Remember the Titans and I could just imagine Brian Flores screaming, you blitz all night. <laughs> And yeah, like, that and was the same did. thing that was going through my head the entire game. <laughs> I was like, I guess they're just going to keep blitzing until, you know, they beat them deep or something, and they didn't. Well, it's the same recipe that we saw Baltimore lose in the playoffs to last year, so I, I'm surprised that uh, that we don't see more of it. Basically, put a man on Jamal, or I'm sorry, Jamal Jackson. I put a man on Lamar Jackson and, uh, and make sure hands are on him every play. Yeah, I do think that's a smart move, and that's exactly why I expect the Bears to be just in cover two playing back all week. Absolutely. Uh, as for the Bears, um, still not touching this pass game, even though Josh, uh, even though uh, Fields is improving somewhat. Hopefully there's a good game plan here, but I'm not, not expecting much out of Matt Nagy. Uh, Dave Montgomery is the only real play for me here. Yeah, I mean, these are all the risk-reward plays, right? If you're starting fields, it's probably in a super flex or two-quarterback, I would imagine. Um, right. Or maybe, you know, these DFS plays, right? They do have high upside, we know that much. And I, I think, you know, if you're going to bind, Mooney and potentially commit as well um, do have some upside in this game uh, if Baltimore gets up. 
uh, which I expect them to. I'm taking Baltimore here. Yeah, I, I know why people are hesitant after, you know, the, the tough showing on Thursday night against the Dolphins, but 10 days to get right. I, I think this will be a bounce back game. Yep. Houston at Tennessee. Houston had the full week to prepare, but I still want no part of this offense other than Brandon Cooks, who's been solid every week. Yeah, if you're desperate, uh, you know, Nico Collins, throw him in there, wide receiver five. Maybe he'll get a big catch or two, but yeah, it's it's really Cooks. And I, I do think that Cooks is fairly safe and has upside in this matchup. Yep. As for the Titans, I've been doing up quite a bit of thinking. I think I still prefer Adrian Peterson over uh, uh, Foreman by a very slim, slim margin. Uh, there should be opportunity to score here versus Houston. Uh, they're going to be missing Julio Jones, so A.J. Brown should be fine versus the defense. And either Marcus Johnson or uh, or Westbrook Akine could have value for you. I'd be not surprised at all if this turns into like a 40 carry game that's wrapped up early with relatively even carries between the three backs. So there's points to be scored here. It's just hard to pluck which one's out of the mix. And I, I think I still have AP getting some of those high value five yard carries. Yeah, it really, it converges at Ryan Tannehill, right? Um, yeah. And don't be too worried about AJ Brown. You know, we know the saints have a tough defense. Oh, um, yeah. Probably a top five defense. I've seen some panic on A.J. Brown, and uh, I would not be dropping him or, uh, you know, selling him low in any trades. Uh, as for the running back situation, I think I agree with you that this week, Peterson still seems to be getting, you know, some of those high value carries. Yeah. Um, but I will say, as a rest of season stash, I think I prefer Dante Foreman. Um, yeah. just because he's shown the most burst. So, you know, if anyone were to miss time, he's getting more involved as a receiver out of the backfield too. Um, what, would you agree with that for the long I think run? so. Yeah, I, okay. I, I do. I do. Um, I, I also think, you know, of course, Peterson's not as dynamic of a back at this age stage in his career. Um, and I don't think they're going to need to do anything too dynamic against Houston. Yeah. And, and I will say, I do think it's Marcus Johnson for me, if we're picking a, another one or another Tennessee wide receiver to step up uh, while Julio is on the IR because um, <laughs> I had a bit of a man crush on him a few years ago when he was with the Colts, right? He had some big, yeah. big plays when he was in Indianapolis, kind of bounced around and hasn't really stuck anywhere since. But I do think this is an opportunity that can, he can seize. We've seen him make some big plays and, uh, you know, they may not have Derrick Henry anymore, but and with that play action, uh, um, excuse me, with that play action that they use in Tennessee, he can still get open for some of those chunk plays. This feels like throwing darts at Atlanta receivers. Funnily enough, missing Julio Jones, right? Um, you know, are, are we going after Russell Gage? Are we going after Kadre Allison? Are we going after Westbrook Akine? Like it's it's ugly, and somebody's going to hit, but. You know, hey, is it Khalif Raymond or is it uh, Quintus Cephas this week? It's it's one of those gimmicks. Yeah, for sure. And I just think that Johnson is a better player, which is why he would be my pick. Yeah. I think I, I think I'm in agreement with you there. I'm going to take Tennessee at home here. Um, they they should be able to handle this pretty closely, but it is a divisional matchup. Yeah, and while you know, I will say I agree that I do think Peterson will get those goal line touches. Um, if and when they get close in this game, but it is worth noting that it's a revenge game script for Dante Foreman, who was with the Texans oh, at is. one point. So you are right. Wow, some time ago. Yeah. So you know, if you're desperate uh, in deeper leagues, he's worth a look. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Green. Uh, who's your pick? Uh, I'll take Tennessee as well. 
Yeah. Green Bay at Minnesota. Uh, the big news will be how hurt is Aaron Jones exactly. Uh, the news sounds like it's going it's going to be a mild MCL, and he's definitely going to miss this week. It sounds like. We could always be surprised later in the week. Um, and then uh, we'll be targeting him for week 12. Um, it's A.J. Dillon time for your lineup. So if he's out there, go grab him. He should not be there. But uh, but if he is, he's probably – he's got to be near the top in the, uh, in the ads this week. Uh, he should slot in his back end running back one here. Uh, as per usual, no Nobody besides the running backs and uh, Devontae Adams really did much of note this week. Yeah, and I don't know if this is just me misremembering, but it feels like Aaron Jones misses like a couple games every year with an MCL sprain. Is that, am I off base there? I feel like this is his like third or fourth MCL sprain over the last few seasons. You know, I can't put an exact injury to it. I actually think it was hamstring issues that he was having before, but I, you know, that's, that's tough. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, not to make light of it, but it does feel like, yep. you know, he was due um, based on his history. Uh, it sounds like it's minor. I think Ian Rapport said earlier today that it's only expected to keep him out one or two weeks. But I will say the Packers have their bye in week 13. So I just think it would naturally make sense for them to hold him out through that bye, sure. give him, you know, the chance to get to 100%. So I would think that he would be back in week 14 against the Bears. And if that is the case, uh, I you know if 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 the if his manager's hurting for a, for a play at running back, I think he's a strong buy. If you're a win, if you're a team with a very good record right now, yeah. And if you need wins now, I think Dylan's a priority get because the Absolutely. Vikings have been gashed by running backs. They sure have. Uh, speaking of the, the the Vikings, big win for Cousins and company, keeping them in the playoff picture. This should be another solid day for Cook, Jefferson, and Thielen. Ty Conklin is solidifying himself as an option here. He can, he can disappear any given week. He's still, you know, a back-end tight end, but given the tight end landscape, he's a better play than many. Seems like he's been getting a lot of, the, a lot of those um, basically uh, red zone play action looks. Uh, I, I like what I'm seeing. Yeah, uh, I like Conklin. I liked him quite a bit uh, in the preseason after we heard the news about Irv Smith, and he's shown that he is a, a big part of this offense. And like you said, the consistency probably isn't there, but uh, clearly he is becoming, or at least getting that sort of trust that Kyle Rudolph had at one point with Kirk Cousins. Yep, yeah, absolutely. All right, this is a tough pick this week, I think, but... Um... I'm going to go ahead and say that I think Rodgers was a little bit rusty last week against Seattle. Uh, they started very slow. I don't expect them to start near as slow, and I think they will take out Minnesota, who, who despite the win this past week, has been finding multiple ways to lose games. Uh, yeah, these are these are always tough, right? The divisional matchups. Um, just because I'm down to you, I think I'm going to take Minnesota here at home. <laughs> uh, I am back, uh, I think, a couple games as of yeah, now. Yeah, too, right? Yeah. And because you picked the Raiders to beat the Chiefs in prime time, <laughs> would they lose by 40 man? Come on. We will yeah, we will get to that uh just terrible <laughs> terrible call. I thought, you know, I thought they could maybe repeat some of that blue blueprint that they used against them uh, in their first match of last year. That was year. the Gruden blueprint. Those times are over. Yeah, you're not wrong, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that one. But, um, yeah. you know, just weird divisional games at home in Minnesota. Maybe, just maybe they can turn a corner and be a little bit more consistent. I mean, they're pretty healthy on offense, even if their defense is still hurting. So mm -hmm. probably, probably a dumb pick here, but I will stick with the Vikings. 
hey, you know, I'm rooting for you here, Mom. You know me. Miami at the New York Giant, uh, New York Jets. Sorry, uh, Gasicki gave you zero points, but still had seven targets, leading the team. He stays firmly in play in tight end one versus the Jets. Uh, Waddle remains a PPR flex, and Gaskins is a uh, running back two here, in New York. Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. Chalk it up to another yeah. weird Thursday game, or you know, another weird week in general. But uh, I would stay the course with Gasicki. I mean, just. Baltimore hadn't allowed so much to tight ends over the middle of the field. And I don't know if it was the quarterback change midway through the game, but just couldn't get it done. And yeah, like you said, I would not, uh, I would not bench him unless you you just got Kittle back or, you know, something along those lines. As for the Jets, uh, Robert Sala is, uh, says that the quarterback situation is going to work itself out organically. So while we're waiting for that uh, chemical reaction to take place, I, I think we're going to see a little more of White this week. With White at quarterback, Carter saw six targets, Ty Johnson saw eight. So the running back is very solidly in play with him at quarterback, uh, even more so in PPR. Uh, Corey Davis remains the top wide receiver target. Big, bad, lost fumble there, but, you know, he remains the top play. Miami's defense has not been great so far this year. Very hard to trust the Jets. Um, Elijah Mitchell has, um, nope, Elijah Moore has been looking a little more solid as of late, but uh, still too early to trust him in my book. Yeah, this is another offense where it's tough to, you know, peg one wide receiver, right? It's really going to come down to who gets that touchdown week week to week. Um, if you're stashing somebody for upside rest of the season, I do think it's the rookie Elijah Moore. I, I'd rather have the lure of the unknown than what we know with, you know, Corey Davis and Jameson Crowder. And uh, yeah, I mean, to your point, I, I do think the running backs should continue to be involved as outlet receivers. And if you're desperate, Ty Johnson is getting some receiving work to, enough to be an, an RB4 in PPR formats, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to take Miami here on the road. Yeah, this is another one where... Yeah. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I, I'm going to take Miami, too, just because, you know, Mike White's obviously, uh, you know, his his coach is turning back into that pumpkin in recent weeks. And then if it's Zach Wilson coming back, you know, we saw uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson shake off some rust coming back from injury. And I would expect the same, if not more, rust uh, from a rookie quarterback such as himself. So I do lean Miami here. Safe play. Can't blame you. New Orleans at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, This is a very ugly offense under Trevor Simeon, uh, which was made worse with the loss of Alvin Kamara. It's hard to project anything resulting from this game, though, uh, unless Kamara is to miss more extended time. Agram has tons of value if he's the starter. Uh, If not, he should be continue to be held as a handcuff. But I'm not touching this receiving game. Yeah, um, really, I think. If you have to take a shot, it might be Adam Troutman. Just the sure. Eagles have given up tons of touchdowns to tight ends this year. Um, so again, you know, Troutman seems to be Simeon's guy over the middle as an outlet receiver. And uh, if I had to pick one, it would be him. The New Orleans defense is very tough, and I would try to avoid this backfield for Philadelphia if possible, given the workload split. Howard is the best option of these running backs for now. Uh, The main plays would be Hertz and Smith, and Smith has showed the ability to get open versus good coverage, which he's going to see plenty of against against New Orleans. So it could be a risky play, but I I think I'd throw him in the lineup this week. I think he's at at least worth a flex play. Uh. Yeah, I mean, the upside is there. I'm probably staying away just because I don't know how they're deploying Lattimore. I mean, I don't know who else really scares you on the Eagles, especially if Dallas Goddard's out with the concussion. 
So personally, I would probably stay away. He's in that, you know, low flex range for me. Sure. Okay. I'm going to take uh, New Orleans here. Yeah. I mean, another one where <laughs> uh, yeah. it's, it's too up and down. I mean, honestly, it's probably good for the league that there's a lot of parody here and, you know, sure. teams are. It's not like, oh, well, we don't need to watch this game because we already you know, know who's going to win, yeah. right? And, and all it takes is being down to your fourth quarterback and uh, losing your top <laughs> running back and your best wide receiver. Fair fair enough. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's just this comes down to Sirianni versus uh, Sean Payton for me. So yeah. I'm going to lean Payton here. I would agree with that. Washington at Carolina. Uh, looks like Gibson is healthier than before the uh, the week off, at least. And it, the committee is over for now, or at least it is in games where they're up, which we certainly were not expecting in that game against Tampa. Uh, Gibson's a strong running back to play as long as that workload continues. I don't really expect Carolina to get up on them big early, big and early. So um, we should be able to see a healthy dose of Gibson here. Terry McLaurin's a steady wide receiver, too. They're going to keep throwing to him regardless. Hopefully, Logan Thomas can get healthy enough to play this week. We did see Ricky Seals-Jones uh, go down to injury. So the tight end position is in flux for this team. Yeah, I think, I mean, you kind of touched on it, right? I don't know that... Gibson is super reliable just because the Panthers defense is good. We saw them upset Arizona. Um, and again, this is a game where I know I said this last week and I was very wrong, but I expect Washington to be trailing for a lot of this game. Um, so, you know, we'll see how the workload shakes out. Certainly it's good news if you have Gibson on your rosters, just that he was able to handle that workload. So it seems like the shin is no longer a concern injury wise. But um, he's probably still in that flex range for me. I, I think we still see quite a bit of McKissick if they get down multiple scores to the Panthers here. Yeah, I, I think I'm in agreement with you. If they do get down early, but crazy things happened in that in that Carolina and Arizona game, and they, being without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, and you know the early turnover, early points, sort of put things into uh, put them on the front foot. But uh, whatever, that's why they play the games, I guess. Uh, as for Carolina, we saw a very different look on offense with Cam Newton on the team. First touch of the football, he uh, he runs in a touchdown. Second uh, second touch of the football, he goes and makes Robbie Anderson relevant again. Look look at that. Um, I guess Anderson might be in the flex conversation if you're desperate this week against Washington, but I wouldn't go chasing him. Um, anything past that really depends on uh, Christian McCaffrey's health, which uh, there was a little scare during the game, but I guess there was no reflare of a hamstring. It sounded like uh, one of the off officials called for McCaffrey to go into the tent to be checked for concussion is what I've read. Uh, Do you see anything different? No, I don't think there's any concern for him yeah. for week 11 uh, as of right now. Yep. Um, so that's uh, that's the look of the team. Um, so the more things change, the more they stay the same. We've got a new look offense with Cam Newton, but you're really only relying on Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, Cam Newton's an interesting DFS player in sure. Superflex, two quarterback leagues, just because we've seen Washington's secondary struggle before facing Tom Brady, of all people. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I guess it's worth noting that, you know, Ron Rivera does or should know Cam Newton's weaknesses as a player, sure. having, you know, coached them for many years. So, again, I, I think this comes down to Carolina's defense for me. Even when Sam Darnold was just imploding, their defense continued to keep them in games. And I do think that Cam's rushing is enough to get them the win at home. 
I think, you know, we should probably touch on what do you think of, uh, what's your outlook for DJ Moore with Cam Newton here? Um, I, I think he's in a bit of trouble. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say because I understand that Cam Newton is back, but it's still, you know, he, he's running a vastly different offense, right? So we yeah. can't necessarily just plug in, you know, look at his target share with Cam Newton in a different offense from a year ago or two years ago. Right. It. I think I, I would still be starting more over Anderson. I just don't know oh, yeah. that. I mean, they neither. I, I think he drops to flex. I, I really do. Like, I mean, we saw Cam, what he did with receivers last year. It wasn't pretty. We saw what he did with receivers before. It wasn't pretty. The only receiver he's really ever made relevant is Steve Smith. Other than that one year where uh, Devin Funches had a nice, had a nice string of games. Yeah. And I do think that Moore is going to be the go-to guy when they get into these shootout type game scripts. I'm just not sure that this week, this game is one of them. I expect this yeah. to be more of a, a slugfest type of game. Um, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Moore has been more than a wide receiver three for a few weeks, just because given how badly Darnold was playing. Um, totally. So until we see more, I, until we see more with Cam Newton and DJ Moore, um, I, I think they're both in that risky flex territory. Certainly both have upside, but you know we just don't know what this projects to be uh, with the quarterback change. And, and it's worth noting too, it's not guaranteed yet that Cam Newton's going to start, but it sounds like he's going to take the first team reps. And I just don't see how they wouldn't start him, even if he's not you know 100% up to speed on the playbook. And not to fully drive this whole offense uh, I, uh, into the ground, but what about Chuba Hubbard? Does he have any standalone flex appeal, or is he a pure handcuff or a pure drop at this point? No, I mean, he's an okay hold if you want the you know the upside handcuff, but we're seeing Amir Abdullah get some work, and I just don't know that he's a, he's a must-hold. I mean, guys like him and Devontae Booker, right? When Barkley and McCaffrey are back, we're just not expecting much from them. Yep, I agree with you. I'm taking Carolina here at home. Yeah, I'm leaning Carolina here too, but uh, again, I could see this one going either way. San Francisco at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, as always, a lot depends on who's healthy and active for San Francisco. Let's see who makes it through tonight's game. Um, of course, Debo's been the best play on the team. Both Kittle and Ayuk are coming into form uh, the past couple weeks, should be in play here in Jacksonville. Uh, there's going to be points scored at the running back position, but we especially need to see who's available in this coming week. Um, I think uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. has been getting plenty of play time this, this current game. Elijah Mitchell, yeah. Uh, both Mitchell and uh, Wilson are splitting carries here. Um, let's see how this one turns out, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Mitchell's still the clear lead, but, you know, it's it's tough, right? I mean, he hasn't been super efficient. Uh, I understand yeah. the Rams have a good front seven, but still, um, we are seeing quite a bit of Jeff Wilson Jr. We've seen Debo Samuel get quite a few carries as well. Uh, this is just a messy offense for fantasy. I think Kittle's really the only reliable play here. Um, that and then Samuel, uh, I would rank them Kittle, Samuel, Ayuk. Dropping Samuel down. Okay. All right. Well, it's not like they're fighting for a flex position between each other anyways, so that's fine. I'll yeah. take it. Uh, I mean, just I'm Jackson saying Bill. in terms of like must start, I think, yeah. you know, Kittle's back okay. in that top three and then Debo's in oh. that back end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two area. I agree with you. Have you seen the tight end landscape lately? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. For, uh, As hey, for well, Jackson, you know, Kelsey's got his mojo back though. Sorry. 
Kelsey's got his mojo back though. He sure does. He sure does. Hey, he never lost it. He just misplaced it. Yeah. The San Fran defense has had holes this season. Um, Robinson's a running back too. Arnold remains a solid tight end one. The wide receiver room is a, is a big time mess. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, there's going to be points scored. Maybe Agnew's the best play, but uh, I don't want to throw darts in Jacksonville. No, preferably not, but, uh, you know, you do what you got to do. It's kind of a war of attrition sometimes just getting through these weeks. Um, if you got those injuries, if you lost Robert Woods, if you need a, a Jacksonville wide receiver, I think it's Agnew. Uh, I understand yeah. he didn't catch any of his targets this past week, but he, you know, all of his production came on that one end around run for a 60 yard touchdown. But at the same time, I think we've seen in the last few weeks that Urban Meyer is committed to getting Agnew involved. He sees him as that chess piece with the speed that he can move around. So uh, until we see anything change, I think he's the most reliable of the Jaguars uh, in terms of the wide receivers, at least. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm gonna go ahead and pick uh, the uh, Niners, who are still leading the Rams 21 to seven right now, more than halfway through the third quarter. Yeah, they they may just upset the Rams, and they'll probably end up losing Jacksonville by 20. But uh, I guess I <laughs> it, that's just how this year's going. But I guess I'll take the Niners on the road. <laughs> You've got that right. Okie doke. Uh, that'll take us into Detroit at Cleveland. Two teams in a ton of trouble. Um, Swift was a workhorse over 35 looks this week without Jamal Williams and, uh, and with the backup running back getting injured after scoring a touchdown. I cannot believe Hawkinson only had one target, zero catches. I still think he's a, a solid buy if the opportunity is there for him. I, I, I have Maybe I'm, I have too much, much faith, but I still have it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the price, right? Like, clearly we have some concerns about him being a top five guy because maybe this is just them being rusty coming out of the bye uh, against the tough defense. But again, this Lions def or excuse me, the Lions offense is, you know, very up and down and Jared Goff certainly isn't the answer for them. So I, I, and he's a buy. Well, he's had, you know, he's had an abdominal strain for the whole season now, as you as you know. Yeah, but not not this past week. Come on, I think. <laughs> no, this this was the first report where he said, "Oh no, I've had an abdominal strain all this time." Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. All right, Jared. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it, it depends on the price, right? I mean, depends on your tight end options. If you're getting by with Conklin and Dan Arnold and Troutman and whoever, then, you know, I, I don't know that I would give up a solid running back or wide receiver for him at this point. Would you sell any of those tight ends directly for him? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you'd sure. be foolish not to. I think you I um, think you could get away with doing it. I think you could sell a Knox or, or a Conklin or a Henry for him straight up. I think I think there's a lot of leagues where somebody would jump at that. I think Knox is where I draw the line because we okay. know that the Bills offense can really heat up. So I that's a tough one for me. Sure. Um because at that point you're, you're Yeah, that's a that's a tough one as well because you're basically trading touchdown efficiency and those good offenses for volume supposedly with Hawkinson, right? See, I think Schultz is about to hit a cliff with with Gallup coming back into this offense. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. We we talked about that a few weeks ago, right, as, as a potential yep. sell high for Schultz. Um, 
but yeah, certainly, certainly. Well, I don't know sell. why I'm throwing it's throwing so many. I'm really, I'm really grilling you this week, aren't I? What's gotten into me? No, that's fine. I, I feel like we <laughs> haven't made many bets this year, and you know, maybe we just need to catch up. I mean, is there a tight end you want to bet against Hawkinson this week? Well, I think I'd be picking Hawkinson, wouldn't I? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's still like a top six, top seven option. It's just. I agree with you. I mean, Gesicki, Hawkinson, they're both top six, seven options, despite the, the zero burger they gave you. Um, I, I think I, I think the only, you know what, let's, uh, why don't we go Hawkinson, Knox, rest of season? I think that's fair because Knox has the upside, but I do, but I, I think I'd still take Hawkinson. It's fair. I just don't feel strongly enough about it. <laughs> okay, I agree um, with you. I agree. I don't feel super strong about it either. I'll say and, this. And, and, the, and, and I only pick Knox because I think he's where I draw the line where I would trade him for him and you would not. Um, but the other ones, uh, yeah, the other ones, I think it's firmly Hawkinson despite this week. We spent too much time talking about it. Let's just move on well, to Cleveland. I mean, tight end's an area that we should talk about, right? It's, it's where a yeah. lot of teams struggle. So, you know. Before we move on real quick, I will say, you know, Kelsey and Kittle, those are the guys you want. For sure. Um, behind them, really, it's Andrews and Gesicki. And then, I guess, Hawkinson. Well, well, I'd still have Waller above Hawkinson. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry. I forgot Waller just because he had a quiet night last night. But, yeah, yeah I would take sure Waller. Um, I mean, are you taking Waller or Gesicki rest of season? I'm I'm still on I'm still on uh, 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 Waller for right now, but it is close. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's crazy. And then, no, I mean the other one that creeps into that discussion is Arnold. He's been solid as anybody. I was actually gonna say Hunter Henry because I know that yeah. he's been touchdown dependent, but it's not like they have <sighs> wide receivers in the red zone who are you know big threats. I mean Nikhil Harry, but they're not using him. Right. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's a tough line to draw, but I still take Hawk just because of the just because of the targets. I know Hawk only had the one target this week, but that Henry the the shoe has to drop on Henry at some point, and I just don't know when it's going to be. I mean, you know, young quarterback, tight end, best friend, all that. Yep. Yeah. Hey, you're not wrong. Yeah. All right. Um, who who all right. did you take here? Uh, we didn't even talk about Cleveland yet, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Big loss for Cleveland, but very, very hard to run an offense without your running backs and a very, very injured quarterback against the Patriots. Uh, Johnson was great. Uh, and both he and Chubb are startable running backs here versus Detroit. I would not hesitate to uh, throw either of them into the lineup. Uh, if Johnson was on another team, other uh, he he could find starters carries easily. He's a very good back. Uh, Landry's a PPR play, and Donovan Peoples Jones should have some boom bust uh, flex run here. Yeah, I mean this is just the whole running backs don't matter argument, right? I mean you can plug yeah. plug someone in behind a good offensive line, and you know if they can catch the ball, they can produce a close to a hundred yard day, or at least or over a hundred yards if we're talking about yards from scrimmage. But over two hundred yards if we're talking about Nick Chubb. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean certainly would love Chubb as in a smash spot against the Lions here. Uh, and as you said, if for some reason he still has symptoms, can't, can't get activated off the COVID list. Uh, I like Durance Johnson as well. And yeah, I was going to talk about uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones in the waiver wire section. Certainly like his upside, you know, didn't didn't get much production from him against the Patriots, but the Lions secondary a lot more vulnerable to those big plays downfield. And that's what DPJ does. 
Love it. I am going to take Cleveland here. Hopefully, Baker uh, can stay in one piece. Uh, there, There is reports of an additional injury that he suffered to the lower body. Um, so we'll just have to see how the week goes. Yeah, from the early reports, it sounds like just a uh, contusion or bruise. Um, no, no structural damage. He's probable as of right now, but certainly um, he's already pretty banged up in general. So you don't love to see that. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to take Cleveland at home, but again, not, uh, I don't know. Detroit, Detroit's got to win one at some point. <laughs> do they though? Do they though? Uh, hey, yeah. they came, they came pretty damn close, uh, in Pittsburgh and, uh, yeah, all it took was for Ben Roethlisberger to contract the, the coronavirus, I guess. Well, I, well, I, yeah, I think not that's... making light of that, just making light of what it, the, 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 what it takes for Detroit ha- to, uh, in order for them to tie a football game. Yeah, I, I, I get that for sure. But I will say I tossed a little, a little bit of money on the Lions money line and the sure. Panthers money line this past weekend, uh, just cause I didn't have much, uh, confidence in those teams. So yeah, now any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. All right, that'll take us to the Sunday mid-afternoon games. Cincinnati at the Las Vegas Raiders. Cincinnati comes back from their bye week, uh, revitalized and refreshed. Mixon and Chase are locked in. Higgins has some very good and uh, has had some has been very good. Tyler Boyd has had a moderate floor, not a ton of ceiling, but uh, whew, with all the injuries out there, he might be a decent play. I'd avoid him if you could, though. Yeah, he just isn't seeing a whole lot behind yeah. Chase and Higgins. I mean, those are the guys you want and totally obviously Mixon. So not not a whole lot else to talk about here, I don't think. Yep. On the Raiders side, uh, they they put together a stinker against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. We had high high expectations for him, but uh, Derek Carr may have some value here versus Cincinnati. Um, tough, tough day for the running back. 16 yards apiece for uh, for Drake and Jacobs. Um <laughs> It's crazy. In games they win, Jacobs is great. In games they lose, Jacobs is uh, not so great. Uh, I think we've had some questions answered as for where it comes from. Uh, Kenyon Drake, he's still going to be low value, low uh, low, uh, low number of touches, just five in this past game. Certainly would have liked to see more there. Darren Waller had a quiet night. I think he returns to form here. And I'm hanging off of these wide receivers other than Hunter Renfro. I know Brian Edwards had that nice touchdown, but... Until things get shaken out with Jackson coming out of the team, I expect him to see more looks, which will take away from the deep threat, Edwards. I, I think it's just Renfro. Yeah, and it, it's it's just weird because, you know, Josh Jacobs out-targeted Kenyon Drake in this one, even with the right. trailing game script. And Yeah, I mean, really, Renfro's even safer than Waller, I think, at this point. He just seems Ooh. to be that go-to guy. Um you know, 10, 10 PPR points are a lock pretty much every week, right? Knock on wood. Um, yeah, I, we were spoiled by the first, was it the first two weeks or was it just the first week where, where Waller turned in like 12 plus target days? Yeah, I think it was the first couple of weeks where he, he yeah. really blew up early in the season and then... Yeah. I mean... The things that happen early in the bad. season always stick in our minds, right? Yeah, and I, I was going to say, he hasn't been bad. It's just he's not, given where you drafted him, he's not uh, the top three elite guy that you would have wanted to see no certainly not the second rounder you probably spent on him yeah uh i'm gonna take cincinnati here these are two teams that sort of live in flux but cincinnati has had more upside than the raiders this year raiders came with that nice big win um on their first week without gruden but um it's it's been uh, thumbs down since 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, the Bengals getting healthy over the bye week as well. I think that'll help. Uh, they're all rested up. So I will take the Bengals as long as they don't uh, come out cold. Yep, you got it. Uh, Dallas at Kansas City. The Dallas offense returned to what we'd expected all year at this point, what we drafted in the preseason. Uh, play uh, play all the starters here against Kansas City. With Gallup back, I would not expect too many two-touchdown games for CeeDee Lamb, but they will happen from time to time. Uh, Cooper and Lamb are weekly must-starts despite Gallup's presence. Gallup is a high upside flex. He's got, you know, a zero type floor, but he's got, he's got, you know, deep bomb upside. Uh, Schultz will also take a step back with all these weapons back. Um, may still be your best option at tight end, depending on what's on your roster. Yeah. And you know, honestly, the Dallas game is what make, what gives me some pause on Cam Newton this week, <laughs> because mm. we saw Dan Quinn know how to shut down Matt Ryan. Um, so that's why I think Rivera may have some cards up his sleeve. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the Dallas offense that we wanted when we drafted them and uh, giddy up against Kansas City. <laughs> and then as for Kansas City, uh, we're going to see some offense scored from Dallas. We're going to see some offense scored from Kansas City. They got back together in a big way. Nice 41 point output and showing all systems go for Mahomes. Daryl Williams, who's getting a ton of work in the passing game. 100 yards just receiving alone as well as a touchdown um fire up hill fire up kelsey um as always i tend to avoid these other plays uh you know pringle hardman they can score from week to week robinson um get josh gordon missed the box score i don't even know if he was active uh Derek gore did not see enough uh, play for me to consider him in the lineup i, I thought he might have seen a little more um but he did not uh what's the word on clyde edwards hilaire is he is he back yeah, it sounds like he was close um, for Sunday night, and he is expected to return this week. We'll see if that actually comes true. But really, it just kills the value for him and Daryl Williams because I, sure. I think it's going to be a split. Uh, it, it's really frustrating because the reason I was so high on Edward Zolaire is I was hoping that he was going to get the kind of workload that Williams has been getting while he's been out the last few weeks. Um, when he's healthy, though, they go with a split backfield and – I mean, I would I would start Ceh over Daryl Williams if he's active, but mm -hmm. I, he's just you know he's a flex play. Yep, I I, I agree with you there. Um, I'm going to take Kansas City here. Yeah, I don't know. This is another <laughs> a lot of a lot of tough ones this week. Yeah, um, oh, it is. Both just great offenses. Honestly, I wish they would flex this one to Sunday night. I'd I'd rather watch this than uh, Pittsburgh and the Chargers, who we'll talk about pretty soon but uh yeah i mean just at arrowhead i'll lean kansas city arizona at seattle it's very hard to take anything from this game uh with with the team going down very early and being minus their best two offensive players uh seems like connor kirk and Ertz are all pretty safe in the lineup um hasn't if, if that lineup hasn't changed by sunday the team certainly does much better with, with when uh, murray and hopkins are around yeah, it's just tough. I mean, we, we don't have any word yet early in the week. It's encouraging that uh, Murray got some practice in late last week, so that's always a good <laughs> sign, but uh, certainly not a lock to return. Uh, I mean, it's hard to really project this one out until we know who's starting a quarterback. Uh, it is worth noting that Colt McCoy, it sounds like, is okay, um, so he would be starting if uh, Murray is out again, not... Uh, I don't know, whoever that third string guy's name was. Yeah. 
Russell Wilson's is, Russell Wilson is back. He showed a ton of rust here. I, I expect he's going to be a bit better this week with a whole week of practice behind him. Uh, I think you can start him and the two wide receivers here against Arizona. Um, they're given all three tight ends solid time lately, which which makes all three of them hard to rely on. Not that Everett was really lighting on fire before Russell's injury. Uh, Alex Collins is still the lead back and should have a bit better game here, but it, his ceiling's been pretty low. Yeah, it's. I, I don't think he's a must-hold, even if you have Carson. I I, I picked him up in our league again. <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw yeah, that. I did. But, uh, <laughs> more more just an insurance policy. I, you know, certainly just a back-end flex play. You're hoping for a touchdown, and really all all the Seattle backs are getting some work, so it's it's certainly not a lock. This is a very tough game to call, not knowing who's going to be at quarterback in Arizona. But I, I think regardless, I'm going to stick with my pick of Seattle. Um, this NFC, These NFC West showdowns are always surprising and very hard fought, much like the one we're seeing tonight where the Rams just went down by another three points. Um, so go ahead and give me Seattle here. My gut says that Arizona felt comfortable with the number one seed heading into this past week in a game that they thought they could win with McCoy. So they wanted to give Murray another week. And my gut says that he will be back this week in a game that where the stakes are a little bit higher divisional matchup as well. And I do think that his return will give a boost to this team. That's been kind of flailing a little bit and I will take the Cardinals on the road. Love it. Sunday night football, Pittsburgh at the LA chargers. Um, very bad week for the Pittsburgh offense with the late scratch of Big Ben. Um, early word is he may not be back by this game. Um, he, he's showing symptoms of, of COVID. They didn't haven't released what those are exactly. Of course, we you know wish him the best. Never wish illness on anybody. Um, either way, Deontay Johnson's going to have ten plus targets probably in a very tough outside matchup here. Uh, I just don't see uh, Rudolph or um, nope Rudolph. Why do I call him Rudolph? <laughs> Mason Rudolph? Uh, oh, that's why, because his name's Rudolph. But I was thinking Dwayne Haskins. I was going to say Haskins first, um, because the, with the showing that Rudolph gave us, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Haskins here. Very tough outside matchup, but they'll continue to pepper Deontay Johnson. We'll need to see if Claypool can be ready for this game. That's going to be a big factor. Um, otherwise, this this should just be a huge game for Najee Harris against the Chargers team that allows most of the offense to go through the running backs. Yeah, wouldn't shock me to see 30 carries for Harris. Hide Rudolph as, as much as they can. Um, Yeah, I mean, Deontay Johnson was fine. If you're desperate, Ray Ray McLeod seems to have some chemistry uh, working with the second team with Rudolph probably for a lot of the offseason. Um, Fryermuth still saw the volume, even if the efficiency was not there. So, I mean, these are guys you can plug in your lineups, but certainly... If it's Rudolph again under center, I would expect lower floors and ceilings for all of them. Absolutely. Uh, yes, for the Chargers, I, I thought Williams' upside might have returned this week, but it seems like he's entrenched in the flex conversation here. He's a strong flex play, a lot of, lot of boom, a lot of bust, uh, much less boom these past couple weeks, though. Allen and Eckler are locked in for you, despite the touchdown vulture from Larry Roundtree, and there is not enough consistent production from any of the individual three tight ends to look reliably in that direction. Yeah, I mean, just not a whole lot to say here. Yep. Uh, I'll I'll take the Chargers here. I, I think Ben's going to miss this game. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers regardless. Um, yeah. I think even if Ben's back, right, uh, you know, Agreed. struggling with symptoms, uh, not much practice time, and then also worth noting that TJ Watt could miss this game as well, which is huge, so that that's why. Yeah. Any word of any players having residual symptoms show up makes me makes me just think about Ezekiel Elliott last year. Yeah, and, and um, Lamar Jackson, too. I mean, he looked fine, but he certainly wasn't as explosive the first couple of games back. It, it just yeah. messes with you. Yep. All right. Monday night football. The New York Giants at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa is a tough matchup, as we know, and we just don't know who's healthy for the Giants yet. Um, there's value to be had at wide receiver. Um, they're still the Ducks are still injured at uh, cornerback. Richard Sherman had another setback. If all the wide receivers are healthy, the rank order is Galladay, Tony, Shepard, Slayton, Pettis for me. Um, I would expect Shepard to be out. It sounds okay. like he's probably going to need more time. I would actually go with Tony over Galladay if I had Ooh. to pick. Um, but yeah, I mean, the wide receiver or the pass catchers on both sides here, right? And it's a, a lot of injuries. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think I would start Tony over Galladay in PPR format. Early word is Saquon is looking good, but again, pay attention to everything heading into the week. Tampa Bay is a very tough run defense. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they do give up some receptions and all Barkley yeah. needs is one one gap, right? Um, assuming right. the ankle's 100%. So if he's... If he's healthy, which right now it does sound like he's expected to be back this week. So, you know, I know it's risky with the game being on Monday night, but I would slot him in there. I would certainly not bench Barkley. And for the Buccaneers, this was a very disjointed week from the Bucks, who led into the game with two early interceptions and short fields for Washington. Uh, one interception could be recoverable like that, but two touchdowns with uh, opening score with scores in the first four possessions from Washington is very, very hard to overcome. So um, don't take that to mean much. That's not going to happen every week. Brady Godwin and Evans should be fine here. Fournette should be a running back two again here. Um, he continues to uh, work well in the pass game despite Giovanni Bernard hanging around and uh, when Antonio Brown is eventually back he's going to slot into this offense nicely but uh, this is not that week yeah it's just I mean a ton of injuries on offense and defense for this team and it, it seems like they just have not been able to overcome that despite all that I'm going to take the Buccaneers yeah this is a game where I'd be very nervous about. This is the kind of team that they they play down to. They almost lost to the Giants last year, I think, in prime yeah. time. Um, but I will say they play much better at home. So if, if this game were in New York, I would be. It would be a tough pick for me to be honest. But at home, you know, give me the Bucks. Two teams on a bye this week, Denver, so you're not going to be able to start Teddy Bridgewater, Melvin Gordon, or Javante Williams, or the three wide receivers, Judy Sutton or Tim Patrick. And, of course, Noah Fant, Noah Fant, Noah Fant, and Albert Ogwebenum. Uh, oh, I'll let you start. Oh, I, hey, one try, not bad. Um, and the Rams um, will uh, will need to rest after tonight. Uh, the Stafford-Henderson-Cup Jefferson, Higby, Odell Beckham Jr. connection will need uh, to find its way to your bench. Yeah, uh, in COVID news, we've got, of course, uh, Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton and then Ben Roethlisberger. So just stay tuned on those guys. 
That'll take us into uh, physical injuries. At the quarterback position, Kyler Murray is questionable with the ankle sprain. Uh, Murray started getting in some practice late last week, which is a good sign. There's a fair chance he could return for an important divisional matchup for Seattle this week after Arizona lost to Carolina, especially with Colt McCoy banged up as well. Jared Goff with the oblique strain is questionable. You weren't starting Goff in one quarterback formats anyway, but the target shares could change if David Blau starts this week. It's something worth monitoring. And Baker may may feel uh, questionable with the knee contusion. It doesn't sound like there's any structural damage, so we'll see how his knee feels. Uh, keep an eye on his practice participation this week, but, you know, he's had the head, the arm, head, shoulders, the knees, toes, everything going on. Keep an eye. And Zach Wilson with the PCL sprain, questionable. He's got a chance to return this week. Monitor practice status. I guess uh, an organic chain reaction is going to happen in uh, in uh, New York if, uh, if, if Sal is to be believed. Yep, and uh, at running back, of course, we've got Aaron Jones with the MCL sprain. He is doubtful. Uh, Luckily, it sounds like a mild sprain, but still expected to keep him out for at least a week or two. And again, with the Packers by in week 13, it's fairly likely that his return is going to be in week 14 against the Bears. And then Alvin Kamara also with that MCL sprain that he suffered a couple weeks ago now in week 9. So we'll see if he's able to get any practice in by midweek check on his status over the next few days Cordero Patterson with an ankle sprain uh, he is doubtful based on the early reports it doesn't sound like a serious ankle injury but enough that you know with the Falcons playing on Thursday night this week uh, again they don't sound optimistic but definitely something to monitor over the next couple of days depending on whether he, uh, you've been starting him at running back or wide receiver uh, based on your league's platform Saquon Barkley with an ankle sprain. Uh, He is questionable, but again, there is a fair chance that he could return. He's now five weeks removed from the initial injury, and it sounds like he's already participating in individual drills on Monday, so hopefully he will get some full practices in by Thursday or Friday. Damian Harris with the concussion. He is questionable. Again, every player goes through the concussion protocol at their own rate. So check his practice status this week, but it is somewhat up in the air with the Patriots playing on a short week on Thursday night. So if he is out again, Ramondre Stevenson certainly would have another usable fantasy week here. Clyde Edwards-Alaire with the MCL sprain. He's questionable. Uh, eligible to return from IR. Was not able to make it back in time for week 10, but it does sound like he was close and that he has a fair chance to return this week. Latavius Murray with the ankle sprain. Also questionable, he's been sidelined for a few weeks with that high ankle sprain. Uh, still wasn't practicing at all last week, so definitely hope uh, you know you see him playing, excuse me, practicing even in a limited fashion uh, by midweek. Kareem Hunt with the calf injury, he's been on IR. He is eligible to return, but again, uh, we'll see if he can get any work in this week. Chris Carson with the neck condition, he's been on IR. Again, eligible to return, and it sounds like Seattle does expect him to hopefully practice some more this week, but still not sure what kind of work he's getting in and whether he'll actually be active, so something to monitor here. Miles Sanders with the ankle injury, he's been on IR. Again, also eligible to return, but again, just check in to see if he's been able to practice at all by Thursday or Friday. And finally, Chase Edmonds with that high ankle sprain, he's on IR. He will be eligible to return in week 14. As for the wide receivers, Chase Claypool, questionable with the toe injury. It sounds like this could be a multi-week absence for Claypool. Check to see if he practices this week, but he could miss another game here. 
Julio Jones is on IR with the hamstring injury. Julio aggravated the hamstring that he's been battling since early in the season. He's eligible to return week 14, but is not a must-hold at this point in most formats. DeAndre Hopkins, questionable with a hamstring strain. Hamstring injuries are tricky. With January undoubtedly the priority for Arizona, we'll likely see we'll see about Hopkins practice status later in the week. <clears throat> Antonio Brown, questionable with an ankle injury. It sounds like Brown is getting close, but he may need another week or two. Monitor his status over the next few days. Sterling Shepard with the quad injury. Um, he, he, we'll see if Shepard can get any limited practices in by late this week with the Giants coming off their bye, but he might need another week or two. Will Fuller is on the IR with a broken finger. He's eligible to, to return, but Miami has listed him as doubtful to return this week. Devontae Parker on the IR with a hamstring strain. He's eligible to return at week 12. And, of course, the big loss, Robert Woods with the ACL tear out for the year. In case you missed it, Woods had an ACL tear during practice on Friday, just one day after Rams signed Odell Beckham Jr. Sadly, he is out for the season, and he can be dropped in all redraft formats. And at tight end, we have Dallas Goddard with the concussion. He is questionable. Again, every player goes through protocol at their own rate for concussions, so check his practice status over the next few days. It would certainly be a good sign if he can get a limited session in by the midweek. Johnu Smith with the shoulder injury, questionable. Again, with the Patriots, we just won't really get much information out of them. Smith wasn't startable anyway outside of deep leagues, but his absence does make Hunter Henry's fantasy floor and ceiling higher, so... Definitely worth checking on Janu if you have Henry. Rob Gronkowski with the back spasms. He is questionable. He's dealt with back issues throughout the, his career, so just monitor his practice participation this week. And finally, Logan Thomas with the hamstring strain. He's on IR and now with Ricky Jones uh, possibly out for a while with a hip injury. We'll see if Thomas is able to actually get activated. He did get some practice in last week. Uh, but supposedly felt too sore, so they did not activate him, but something to monitor over the next few days. And some potential ads for you at quarterback. The theme for this week is past and current Patriots. Cam Newton with Newton expected to start this week versus a vulnerable Washington secondary. He has high upside after throwing a touchdown on just four pass attempts versus Arizona. Uh, and as always, his fantasy ceiling is there due to his rushing production near the goal line, regardless of his performance as a passer. Of course, uh, opening his return first touch with a rushing touchdown. Mac Jones. Jones continues to impress as a rookie after playing a near-perfect game versus Cleveland on Sunday. He'll get an Atlanta offense that's top five in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Though Jones is somewhat risky due to how much New England runs near the goal line, he could lose multiple touchdowns to Ramondre Stevenson and or Damian Harris if active here. And Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo has not played well, and San Francisco is another team that runs a lot near the goal line. And while Jacksonville's defense has played better in recent weeks, there's still a matchup to target, especially if San Francisco can get out of tonight's game without any injuries. At running back, of course, we have A.J. Dillon. He is rostered in quite a few leagues already, but with Aaron Jones likely out for the next couple of weeks, Dylan gets a plus matchup against Minnesota this week, and he should see a lot of work as the lead back with RB1 potential in fantasy. Mark Ingram, with Kamara's status still up in the air for this week, Ingram has another shot at a top 12 RB finish against an Eagles defense that's allowed 10 touchdowns to running backs through 10 games. Even if Ingram fails to score here, he's been heavily involved as a receiver out of the backfield, so a fairly safe PPR floor. Wayne Gallman and Mike Davis, if you're desperate, 
the Patriots aren't the best matchup for running backs, but both of them should see added touches if Cordero Patterson is out on Thursday night. Gallman may have even surpassed Davis on the depth chart considering their touches against Dallas and may be the better bet at a touchdown or a few catches. Ramondre Stevenson, again, he was added in a lot of weeks, or excuse me, a lot of leagues last week. But if Damian Harris remains in concussion protocol for Thursday night's game, Stevenson would have top 10 running back upside in a great matchup against the Falcons defense that's allowed nine touchdowns to running backs through nine games, including two this past week to Ezekiel Elliott. We've got Dante Foreman, uh, again, remains a messy committee backfield in Tennessee, but Foreman has shown the most burst among the three, and he's been more involved as a receiver in recent games. He probably has the most upside to emerge among McNichols, Peterson, and himself. J.D. McKissick, again, his usage was low against Tampa Bay, with Washington surprisingly leading the entire game. But, again, um, Carolina's defense is healthy and presents a tougher challenge here, so McKissick could see more PPR volume if Washington were to fall behind this week. Eno Benjamin, speaking of Carolina, there wasn't much on the ground for the Cardinals, with Colt McCoy and their third-string quarterback struggling. But if Kyler Murray is back this week or next, this offense should again offer touchdown upside for both Connor and Benjamin. And for what it's worth, Benjamin saw six carries to Connor's 10 uh, against the Panthers, so he remains involved. And finally, Ernest Johnson, who we talked about. Nick Chubb is expected to return from the COVID list this week, but there is a chance that Johnson could see another start if he does not. And even if Chubb were to be active, Johnson is worth holding until Kareem Hunt is back due to his workhorse upside in that Cleveland offense if either of those running backs were to miss time. And of course, a a few solid plays at wide receiver. Rashad Bateman, uh, the rookie is slowly becoming a more trusted pass catcher for Lamar Jackson in crucial situations. Uh, His target share remains iffy with Brown and Andrews heavily involved, but his role could continue to grow over the second half of the year as he adjusts to the NFL. Bateman also has wide receiver two upside if Brown were to miss any time, of course. Elijah Moore. Likewise, Moore is another highly touted rookie wide receiver who is finally starting to see more usage. His target share is still iffy with Corey Davis back, but the talent's there. Moore could continue getting more involved in this offense with high rest of season upside. Marcus Johnson in Tennessee. With Julio Jones now on the IR, Johnson stepped into the number two wide receiver role on a Tennessee team bereft of talent. He should see target volume, and he has the speed to make some big plays downfield. He should be a priority add for teams in need of wide receiver help. Jamal Agnew. Agnew did most of his damage on a 66-yard end-around touchdown, and he actually didn't catch a single pass versus Indianapolis. Still, he's being utilized in a variety of ways by Urban Meyer and is the primary slot receiver. With many wide receivers underperforming, he's an unsexy name who's producing regardless of the how. Um, for some reason, I'm thinking that's that, that's what we what we were expecting to see from ETN this year. I don't know, and that's sort of what I'm thinking. Robbie Anderson, with Cam Newton back in Carolina, Anderson could finally be fantasy relevant. He remains a desperation wide receiver four option for now, but he has a good shot at a big play versus a Washington secondary that struggled this season. Donovan Peoples-Jones, if you're desperate, Detroit secondary has allowed a lot of big plays. And though DPJ had quite a day versus New England on Sunday, he and Mayfield just missed on a few throws that would have gone for some chunk yardage. All he needs is one long, long touchdown, so he's a boomer bust wide receiver four play this week. And 
he's back. Odell Beckham Jr. He's rostered in most leagues following last week's news, but it's worth mentioning in case your league has different waiver rules or isn't particularly active. He could step into a fantasy relevant wide receiver three role with upside with Woods now out for the rest of the season. And at tight end, we've got Dawson Knox, who is rostered in a lot of leagues now, but still available in quite a few. He had a quiet first game back against the Jets, but his role should expand more, especially when the Bills are not blowing teams out. Pat Fryermuth, uh, who we've talked about for a few weeks now, continues to be an integral piece of that Pittsburgh passing offense with Juju out for the year, and now Claypool sidelined for potentially another week or two. Fryermuth's floor and ceiling are higher, of course, if Roethlisberger is back from the COVID list this week. But even if the efficiency wasn't there with Rudolph against the Lions, at least the target volume was, and we expect that to continue. Logan Thomas, he's been dropped in a ton of leagues since he hit the IR, but Washington's offense desperately needs another playmaker behind Terry McLaurin. Thomas should immediately step back into that number two pass catcher role if he's active this week. Tyler Conklin, another name we've talked about for a while, recommended him last week against the Chargers. Of course, he won't score two touchdowns every game, but he's become one of Cousins' outlet targets, especially in the red zone. And finally, Cole Komet. Mike Kosicki shockingly caught none of his seven targets against Baltimore on Thursday night, but the Ravens have been gashed over the middle of the field by tight ends this season. If Komet's role continues to grow with fields starting to look more competent as a passer, Komet could see plenty of volume and opportunity this week. And a few streaming defense options. San Francisco, Jacksonville has given up at least one sack in every single game this year and has given away 15 turnovers through nine games. Even with injuries in their secondary, San Fran's front seven should be able to get to Lawrence enough to make them a solid streaming play. Carolina. Tampa's defense was unable to overcome injuries to their secondary and allowed Taylor Heineke to dink and dunk throughout the game, but the Panthers' strong front seven combined with their stout secondary should be able to do a much better job of limiting Washington's offense this week. Tennessee. The Titans managed to sack Trevor Simeon four times on Sunday despite uh, New Orleans' strong offensive line, and they should fare better versus Houston even with the Texans rested off their bye. And Miami, the Dolphins blitzed Lamar Jackson all night long on Thursday, and Baltimore had no answers. Miami still has issues on the defense, but they should be a decent start versus a Jets offense that has major turnover issues, whether it's Mike White starting still or Zach Wilson returning from injury. Yeah, just uh, a lot going on here, of course. Uh, Hopefully you guys are still in the running for the fantasy playoffs. A quick update on this game. The Rams are now down 7-31, to 31, so another crazy divisional game in primetime. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, still need uh, half a point in PPR. Five yards. I need, I need one catch uh, oh. from, from any of Henderson or Cup in the next yeah. 10 and a half minutes. So hopefully, knock on wood, I'll get there. But, you know, crazier things have happened. So uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm still holding my breath here. I'm not You're going to get a six-yard end around from Cooper Cup. I would take that as long as he doesn't fumble at the end. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I didn't even think about fumbles. Yes, fumble. Come on. Oh, Come I, on, Hendo, fumble. I think about it plenty because there was a league, I think it was a year or two ago, where I had started A.J. Green, and he had one catch that game, but he had fumbled on that catch, and then he got <laughs> knocked out with a concussion for the rest of the that's game. That's right. Oh my um, gosh, that's right. So, like I said, crazier things have happened, but Cooper Cup did just catch a ball for 10 yards. Oh, so, congratulations. I am smited. 
Thank you. Hopefully, uh, you know, hold on to, you know, no fumbles from Henderson or Cup the rest of the game here. But uh, mm. certainly was a tough matchup, and Matt Stafford almost threw another interception here. So, <sighs> but you know what? He was targeting my boy Cup, so I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I, well, I, I guess and... I'll just see you in championship week, huh? We, we will certainly see a lot of season <laughs> left to be played, but, uh, you know, don't give up just yet. A lot of waiver wire options, um, trade questions. Uh, if you guys have any, I know we haven't, we didn't talk much about trade candidates on this week's show. Um, so we can talk about tight end trade targets a little bit next week. Uh, we can run through the list and maybe make some bets rest of season lows. Sounds good. Let's do it. Uh, let's, uh, let's have some fun. Sounds good. And as always, if you guys have more specific questions about your team or league, you can always find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can find me at FFA underscore Los. That's L-O-S. You can find this the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes. It's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.